You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I'm on the floor right now of Amazing Las Vegas Con with Perry Nemiroff from Collider Movie Talk. Hello, hello. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've made that same mistake myself. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, th thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, I love Collider Movie Talk. I, I listen to it on uh, podcast form. I don't usually watch the video with YouTube because I drive a lot for work and... Uh, it's just easier to have a podcast on. I'm kind of happy to hear that. We're always trying to like push the love for the podcast uh, network, are, and yeah. it feels like there's too many people out there who aren't aware of it, so I'm glad <laughs> to hear you're using it. Um, now, I, I know from, from listening to the show that you went to NYU, and you were originally for film. NYU, I was actually there for journalism. journalism. I got my okay. BA in uh, journalism at that point. So then, what, I mean, what was the journey to getting to Collider? You, oh, wow. If that's, if that's a short so, story. So when I graduated from NYU with that degree, I had already figured out that I wanted to stay in journalism, but I specifically wanted to focus on entertainment. And at the time, I was reading pretty much every like movie news website there was. Okay. I was reading uh, Collider, Cinema Blend, Slash Film, Coming Soon, Screen Rant, you name it. And when I graduated and I got my first freelance job to fill the gaps in between assignments, I basically just reached out to every one of those outlets. And at the time, Cinema Blend was the one that gave me the shot. So okay. they started it all. But eventually, through assignments at Cinema Blend and Coming Soon, I bumped into Steve Weintraub and he gave me a shot. And then something like three years after meeting him, I, I vividly remember this actually. <laughs> I was on set of my feature that I made, Child Eater, and it was a Sunday, it was a day off, and he called me up on the weekend, and he's like, listen, I can't promise you anything just yet, but let's say I had a full-time opportunity in the near future. Would you be interested? And I, like, I don't even think I, like, took a breath. I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and that was it, and I've been working for him ever since. So, and I think that's where I thought the, the film uh, degree was from because you made your own, yeah. your own feature. Eventually I did that. So I was freelancing for, for Cinema Blend, for Coming Soon, Screen Rant, Collider at the time, and I was reviewing movies and I hit this point where I was just like, I'm sitting here critiquing other people's work and I've never felt what it what it feels like to actually try to put something together. So I think it was something like maybe two years after I graduated undergrad that I applied to film school, got in, and then I got my MFA in film producing. <laughs> so being on that side of, of the camera or the side of the movie as opposed to being on the side where you're talking about it, like, how was that transition for you? was a challenge. Was it? When I went into that program, I was with a whole bunch of just insanely talented people, but most of them had had film backgrounds, whether they had like a film BA from undergrad or they had had experience making their own shorts. I was one of the only ones who went in completely cold, and the first year they just throw you right in. Directing one is one of the first classes you take. My professor was Ramin Barani, who is an extremely accomplished director, and he wasn't easy on me. And I was I was awful at the beginning, flat out awful. When I graduated three years later, they do like a like a festival where they award some of like the worst short films. And my very first assignment, it was a silent it was a silent short that's maybe two minutes long. Mine was in one of those categories, and like it deserved to be there. Wow. I mean, 
That's probably quite a, a, an award, I guess. I was fine with it okay. because in that particular class, it's like that's where, and this is just a one semester class, but that's where I started. Ramin pushed and pushed and pushed, and thankfully I didn't crumble and I rose to the occasion. And then the last film that I made in his class, which was only like three, four months later, that was the one that got me into my very first film festival. And I played in the Hell's Kitchen Film Fest, and I'm still proud of that short today. There you go. Yeah, so it worked out. <laughs> So uh, it, when I've gone when I've gone to bigger cities and I got to go to an AMC theater because there's not one yeah. in my house or my my neighborhood or my small city, you're the face of Fantasy Movie League. That's an, I still can't believe that's a thing that actually happened and that plays in theaters. Yeah. It's the coolest thing to do something like that and to be selling a product you wholeheartedly believe in. Mm -hmm. And it's also really cool. It's like the other face of Fantasy Movie League is Matthew Berry. I mean, it's like, how am I up there with Matthew Berry? <laughs> I mean, it, do you? So do you participate? Oh my God! Yeah, how, how, I, I play. Do? I play every single weekend. I discovered it first through my friends in New York. They had like a friend league, and so we started playing together. And then Frank, the editor at Collider, he basically said, "You know, like you should incorporate this more in your box office predictions." And then I started to do that. I started up a league, and one thing led to another, and I got to work with them in, in that capacity after. You know, now that you bring up the box office, like you were always scarily on when when you're doing your numbers uh, for the show. Not at the time we're talking right now. Fair I think enough. I actually landed pretty close with Men in Black, but Shaft, I I really can't believe how Hello, how like far below expectations oh. it fell. Yeah, I think I hadn't the, seen anything this for this. The movie. last report I checked was single digits, but then wow. again, it's like if you've got a movie that makes I don't even know if these are the numbers like eight nine million on a thirty million dollar production budget, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. But I thought it was going to do better than that. So, looking at those numbers, um, it, would you say that with movies is another passion of yours? Like, because to sit there and calculate box offices like that or predict them, it's got to be something you got to be passionate about, right? I'm definitely passionate about box office. It has nothing to do with like a passion for I don't know, like statistics or any okay. kind of mathematics for that matter. There's just there's something about the box office and the way that the industry reacts to it that fascinates me. And I also I just love analyzing the state of the industry and that's what's required in box office predictions. It's just half the fun of it is going back in history and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work and what could put this movie on a path to financial success. I think that's what thrills me about it more so than anything. So I know that uh, from listening to the show that Jurassic Park's favorite movie, or, oh, yeah. or, or Scream. Jurassic Park is a firm number one, and Scream is number two. Got it. The rest of the positions in the top five fluctuate. <laughs> okay. And horror movies are right there, your favorite genre. Oh, yeah. But what would you say going into uh, the future for horror movies? Because it always seems like horror movies go in kind of a weird cycle of yeah. what's popular. I mean, we had when when Scream was popular, it ended up being all the slasher films. And I, think, I feel like we're doing monster movies or at least demon movies again, like with Babadook and yeah. You know, was it the? It doesn't matter. What what would you say would be the next thing that's going to be the big horror? It's an interesting big. question. I'm curious to see. I was actually this is random because this isn't horror, but I was just talking about this with someone else the other day. I'm very curious to see how the new Terminator movie does because if that does well after Halloween did well, maybe the new thing is just going to be retconning, mm -hmm. especially because so many iconic horror franchises out there have great, you know, first installments and then the rest of them, you know, 
they don't have the same reputation. So maybe we'll see more retcons rather than, you know, flat out remakes okay. like what we were seeing like five, ten years ago. And then I'm curious to see how the uh, the Conjuring film franchise evolves. I mean, it's doing. It seems to be doing really well. I I think it is. It's <laughs> definitely not showing any signs of slowing no. down. I am dying to see Annabelle comes home. And if that, I mean, there's a lot of competition right now. But if that one winds up making the money the other ones do, that that's only going to keep growing. Yeah. And yeah. they're like one of the dominant film dominant. They're one of the dominant uh, horror cinematic universes. Yes. It's like I'm hesitant to even call that a like a franchise anymore because it's, it, I feel like so yeah, I feel yeah. like you take that as a straightforward series rather than what they've done because if they go with I don't know like the Crooked Man and all these other spinoffs they want to do, it can go in a million and one different directions. So other than movies, what would be the one thing that you love to geek out about? That I geek out about probably anything. Uh, animal related anything having to do with pets it's like I keep thinking about how excited I am to run this marathon in the fall and I think one of the major motivating factors was when Scott Mance insisted that because I I wanted to get in through the lottery because then you don't have to raise any money you just get your ticket and you don't have to put in any work and then he's like you know you're gonna do something that's like a major first in your life a big accomplishment wouldn't you want it tied to something that's also uh, important to you and he was right, because that completely changed how I felt about the training and everything that I was doing with it. So definitely definitely animals, and uh, Dewey being probably at the top of the list. There you go. <laughs> so this is Mitch on the floor of Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con with Perry Nemiroff from Collider, saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. <laughs> this concludes our broadcast. Beep.